Welcome to Zags On Air. I'm your host, Nassim Gutierrez, with co-hosts Bobby Levitin and Julian Anchetta. I wanted to give a quick shout-out to the Sports Management Club for coming up with the podcast committee idea. Please stay tuned as we will have historic women's soccer player Jordan Thompson after the GU Sports Update. Julian, please give us an update on the Manson Women's so- Cross-Country Finals recap. Yeah, absolutely. Will do. Um, yeah, as far as the men's and women's cross country, they both place second behind BYU in their respective tournaments or respective uh, races. Um, the women's team had 64 total points, whereas the men's team had 50 total points. Now, that men's team score is the lowest they've had. Now, this is good because you need low scores for a cross country. Um, and this was their lowest ever in WCC, in WCC tournaments. Um, so obviously, you know, so that's very, very good for them. They performed very well, and against, uh, I mean, they came in second to a nationally ranked uh, BYU team who's ranked number seven in the nation. So I'd say it's pretty pretty well done by our men's and women's uh, cross-country teams. Awesome. Shout-out to the cross-country teams. I want to give a quick shout-out to James Mora for getting second place in the men's 8K and Kristen Garcia for getting seventh place in the women's 6K. Now an update on the men's soccer game against Santa Clara. Gonzaga fell to the number 24th-ranked team in the nation 4-1. to one. In this matchup, Gonzaga controlled the tempo as they controlled 54%. And this loss puts Gonzaga in a tough situation since they're most likely out of the playoff picture and do not look to make the NCAA tournament. It was a close game made with few errors in the end. In the last 10 minutes, there was miscommunication with the goalie and the defensive players on on the defensive side of the ball, giving up two goals in the last 10 minutes. Their next game is against St. Mary's November 6th at 7 p.m. in Spokane. Bobby, give us a recap of the women's soccer game against St. Mary's. Yeah, so the women's soccer team squeaked out their second straight 1-0 victory, this time against St. Mary's. Uh, freshman Marissa Garcia scored the game's only goal in the 39th minute, her fourth goal of the season for the Zags. This was their 10th shutout win of the season, relying on their defense and their two saves from goalkeeper Liza Bosselman. In addition, this one was very special for the team. This was their... 13th win, which set the program record for most wins in a season, surpassing the 2005, 2008, and 2019 squads, who all had 12 wins. So moving on to men's basketball, the Kennel was back and in full force. First game back since since 2019, I think, yeah, with the, with the COVID season. The men's team took, took on Eastern Oregon and cruised to a 115-62 victory. Julian Strother led all scores with 18 points, all coming in the first half. Chet Holmgren, in his Gonzaga debut, uh, totaled 17 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 blocks in just 18 minutes of action. Drew Timmy, starting off his junior campaign, contributed 10 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, and 3 blocks. The Zags had 6 players on double figures. They really spread the wealth during that game, for sure. Um, The one area of concern, however, for them was their free throw percentage and 3-point percentage. The Zags only shot 61% from the line and only shot 29% from 3. Definitely areas that they'll have to improve on going into their next game against Lewis and Clark State. Uh, Naz, yeah, um, why don't you talk about the women's volleyball team? Yeah, so the women's volleyball team... Lost to St. Mary's this last Saturday, October 30th, in all three sets, moving them to 14 and 28 overall against the Gales since 2001. But they're going to look to bounce back against a tough opponent in San Diego, number number 20 ranked volleyball team in the nation. Um, surprising fact, they've haven't beat them since 2000, since the 2000 season. So they're 0 and 42 since. Oh boy. Uh, they the last time they played, they lost in all three sets. Um, and they're stiff competition, as I've already mentioned. They're ranked, so I'll, I'll look to the girls, but 
it looks like it looks like tough sledding ahead. I would I would absolutely say that as well. Now speaking of tough sledding, um, we have the men's golf team, and I say this because they placed 11th in the uh, Kanapali Collegiate Classic in Maui. That was held in Maui. Um, they did shoot over. They did shoot 13 over in the final event, of course, of the fall season before they start again in the spring in uh, late February. Um, but yeah, they so they they didn't do too well. The women's golf team as well didn't place a little better in their own respective tournament. However, they placed ninth again in their last tournament before uh, mid-February in the spring. Uh, they shot a 39 over par for the event, so just a little, just not as great as the men's. But comparatively, of course, they've placed ninth instead of 11th. So either way, there's still a ways there's still ways to go before spring. So not too worried about it. And finally, we have the men's tennis team. Of course, all very important. Um, they had their last tournament before the end of the fall season for them. Uh, and the singles bracket, of course, they had three different brackets. And out of the last six competitors, of course, in the finals, since there was three matches or three matches, you know, for the finals bracket, for the final brackets, um, four out of the last six competitors were all Gonzaga players. So very, very good weekend overall. A very good finish to the fall semester. And I would say definitely looking something to look forward to for the spring. Thank you for listening to our update. Now, please stay tuned for what our guest, Jordan Thompson, has to tell us. Joining us on Zags on Air tonight, we have the player with the most wins in Gonzaga women's soccer history, a fifth-year senior from Sumner, Washington, a preseason all-conference selection and captain of the team since her sophomore year, an athlete sponsored by Playa Society and Liquid IV, and one of the most accomplished athletes from Sumner High School, Jordan Thompson. Welcome in. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, how was life growing up in Sumner, Washington, and how has it shaped you as a person today? Um, Sumner's a super small town, so most people have never heard of it. It's 45 minutes south of Seattle, um, not quite as far south as Tacoma, but I usually start off with, oh, I'm from Seattle. And people are like, okay, where? I'm like, oh, like Tacoma or Sumner. And they're like, no, I'm like, Puyallup? Mm -mm. Tacoma? Yeah. So super small town. Um, I grew up right next to all of my best friends. So that was super fun. Um, I was like five minute walk from my high school, middle school and elementary school. So super tight knit community. Um, so I feel like that being so close to everything and having everyone so tight knit, like helped me really understand the value of great friends and a great community and a great family, which is a huge reason of why I picked Gonzaga. I, w- I want to sort of talk about your sort of high school experience. I know you, I know you graduated as one of like the most accomplished athletes in Sumner high school history. Can you sort of talk a little bit talk a little bit about that and like sort of what your high school experience was like? Um, high school was super fun. I came into a really good high school athletically. Um, the soccer team was just my freshman year was coming off of a state championship. So when we won it, it was back to back years, and the soccer team has always been good. I think there had only since when I had gone there, there had only been like one year in the last 15 or 20 years that we hadn't made it to state. And all four years I was there, or three of the four years I was there, we won districts and then one league and then went on to, or all four years we went on to state. So that was super cool. Like our football team, track team, soccer team, everything was really good. So I, I got lucky going in there. That's crazy for such a small town too. I know, super random. And a fun fact about my high school, all in the four years I was there, I played 2A, 3A and 4A. So I played in everything except for 1A, 1B, and 2A, or 2B. Uh, could you talk a little bit about why, about why your high school transitioned from so many divisions? Well, so our, my freshman year, we were 2A, which I think is like 1,200 students or something like that. And we had a huge flux of students my freshman year. Um, but we just hadn't applied. I 
this is what I think at least I'm not totally positive but I think we hadn't applied to be a bigger school or like go into the next division and then my sophomore year we got approved to be in 3A and once you're in a certain like division you have to stay there for a minimum of two years so we were locked into 3A for my friend or my sophomore and junior year and then by senior year we had over 2,000 students and so we were too big to stay in 3A so we bumped up to 4A. Can you talk a little bit about that because I did a little bit of research and the last time that Sumner uh, included its uh, population count is 10,000. Um, now you're saying the school went from 1,200 to 2,000 students. Like, can you touch a little bit how the high school was able to grow so uh, much? Um, yeah, I think a huge part of it was honestly our leadership program at Sumner High School was really big. Um, John Norland, I. I don't know if anyone listening to this podcast will know who he is, um, but he like totally changed the culture of Sumner and made it a place that everyone wanted to go to. Um, he actually graduated from Gonzaga's master's in organizational leadership program here. So he took a lot of the stuff he learned here, brought it to the high school and implemented it. And having, like I said earlier, such a tight knit community, we did everything from the high school was involved right in the smack of downtown Sumner. So we had tons of different um community events like community dinner where we put on a dinner that would feed 800 to 1,000 people and people that had families that couldn't necessarily afford Christmas gifts. Every kid that came got to see Santa and get a free gift. Um, Stuff like that that was just really exciting and being in such a small town, it's kind of like a college town. Everything is centralized around the school, so it's really fun. It's a really fun atmosphere to be in. That's awesome. That was very fun. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of small town, we did also a little bit more, uh, more research that Sumner is the rhubarb pie capital. Yes, of the world. it is. <laughs> right. so, You're so very passionate through. about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we were. I was just wondering because I've never heard of rhubarb pie to be honest with you. So can you like talk a little more about it? And just like, do they have like a festival or something about yeah. it? Yeah, okay. it's actually really funny. We have a rhubarb pie festival every single year. We might not have had it because of COVID last year. Um, it's usually during summer and like the whole town. Sh- granted, the whole town is like a five minute walk, but the whole town shuts down and there's like booths and events and there's tons of pies that you can buy. My favorite is strawberry rhubarb. I don't like rhubarb just itself. My mom loves rhubarb, but I don't like it that much. But yeah, it's a really random thing that everyone gets super hyped about. So if you are ever in the market for a good pie, specifically rhubarb or any flavor that goes along with rhubarb, come to Sumner. I'm always in the mood for pie. I don't know I don't know about you guys, but I'm always <laughs> yeah, in the mood for absolutely. pie. I, I want to sort of touch back to uh, your high school. I know you said you guys won the state championship your freshman year. I think you actually scored the game-winning goal in yeah. the state championship, didn't you? What was, what was that like? I'm sure like that's something every kid dreams of. Yeah, um, honestly, I think I like blacked out during the game. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was super cool. It was just really cool to be able to carry on the legacy that the senior class had left the year before I got there and to be able to go back-to-back because not very many schools can do that. Um, and being a freshman and like giving the op- getting the opportunity to be a part of that and get minutes in that game was super super cool but i don't know i think it was just really exciting to be able to do it with like my best friends and with the school that i love were you not a starter your freshman year no i was oh you okay but great. i was still really grateful great. that yeah, no, course, i got i got to play in state <laughs> that's awesome not only did you score the game winning uh goal in the state championship your freshman year um you finished second in the 4a league and you took the league mvp uh, you were News Tribune 2016 All Area Girls Soccer Player of the Year, and helped the Spartans get to the quarterfinals in your uh, your senior year. Yeah, touch touch a little base on on that on that uh, your senior year specifically. Um, senior year was super fun. It was literally our senior class was like my group of best friends, which was super cool. And 
Um, we all played on different club teams, so it was awesome that we finally got to play to be play with each other. And going into 4A, it's a totally different beast than playing in 2A or 3A. So we were playing with the best teams in the state, honestly, and it was just really fun being able to do that and being able to do it with my best. I know I keep saying that, sorry, but like no, no, I love it. being awesome. able to do it with my best friends like made a huge difference. And our team was just so good everywhere that. I mean, I was just a product of my coaches and the team, my teammates around me. It wasn't just me at all. So it was cool being able to have such a successful program. Well, it had to be a little bit individual effort, right? Like you had to do your own training and yeah. your own like preparation for the, yeah, definitely. Uh, for the games for you to be one of the main players. Um, what was some of your training like? Um, I just did a lot of stuff on my own. I would just go out before and after practices um, on weekends, especially during high school soccer because you don't really have games on weekends it's a lot different than club um just doing everything I could to get extra touches extra fitness I was never the most technical player but I was always really athletic so that was kind of my goal going into every new level of soccer was to try to be one of the fittest people one of the fastest one of the strongest just because I knew for me personally the way that I stood out wasn't going to be dribbling around tons of people and scoring 50 goals in a season it was going to be like my work ethic and my ability to keep my stamina and keep up with players that were a lot bigger than me. Um, so a lot of my training focused on improving my technique, but also making sure that I was staying as fast, as strong, and as fit as I could. I, I know in addition to soccer, you're also a very big track star. <laughs> I, you said yeah. six records. What, what, sort of event, what sort of events did you do? And like, what, what was that like sort of managing two sports? Um, it was really fun, actually. I loved it. And my club coach was awesome. And on meet days, he would let me miss club practices because I would be exhausted. I showed up to one practice after a meet, and he was like, you can't come anymore. Like, you're just not helping the team or yourself. Like, just don't show up. So that was super cool that he let me do that. Um, but it was definitely hard because I'd go right after practice to track and then would have, like, an hour break where I'd just eat as many chicken nuggets as I could. <laughs> Literally, chicken nuggets was my staple in I high school. I love chicken nuggets. Oh, my gosh. And then I would go straight to club practice. Um but no, it was really fun. It was track is a way more social sport than soccer is because you do your event and then you sit around for a couple hours, watch all your friends, talk to new people. So I really liked that aspect. Were, were you were you a runner or were you like in the field? No, I was a runner. I did long jump. Okay, I did kind of a lot. I did long jump, triple jump, the 200, the 400, the 4x4, the 4x1, and the 4x2. But I didn't do the 400 or the 4x4 until my junior year. So, so there were times where you did seven races in one meet? No, you could only do four. I think you could only do four in a meet, but I would alternate which ones I did each week. But you were a sprinter, though. Yeah. No, long distance wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah, because I, I ran long distance, like, up until ninth grade. And, like, every person Bless I said, they're like, oh, my God, like I, like, I do not envy you at all. Oh, no, no, no. That was watching, like, people run the mile. Or, honestly, even the 800, I was like, Ooh. Those are my events. Terrible. Yeah, exactly. Terrible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so respect. as a soccer player, it sounds like you prefer a sprinting like distance and a long distance, but yeah. in soccer, like long distance and like cardiovascular strength is a some an area that most soccer girls have to uh, train in, correct? Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, what was that like when you had to train? Like you know, like like give us, give us some insight into like your training for cardiovascular strength. Ooh, I feel like okay. Are we talking like high school or now? Now. Now. Yeah. Now we have our awesome strength coaches who give us super thick packets with lots of sprinting and long, long distance work. Um, we usually have three days of like sprint mechanics, shorter distance fitness, and then three days of longer distance fitness. So we'll have 300s where you do, you run 300 yards in under 60 seconds. You have a minute break and you, or a two minute break and you do that like 
usually we start with three and then i think last spring we got to five or six that was brutal um yeah it's it's brutal for sure and then we'll have like time miles time mile and a half time two miles um a lot of 120s a lot of a lot of stuff like that so like short not necessarily short but like a lot of sprinting but then you have a lot of the sprints that you have to do and is this mostly preseason or this during season as well? Most of it's during preseason because once once we get into actual like conference play and preseason stuff, you're basically just maintaining throughout practices and we train pretty hard. So the idea is you come in with your fitness level where it needs to be and then the training sessions themselves and the games are going to keep you fit um, for the rest of the season. But spring is heavy duty running. Right. Absolutely. You know, and just just to, just to talk about you being a multi-sport athlete is always interesting because you always have those... Uh, of people who always say, you know, being a multi-sport athlete is good, but then also, you know, people want to specialize in certain sports. So can you just talk about how being a multi-sport athlete helped you in your, like your soccer career? Yeah, um, I think it helped me, obviously, with keeping my fitness up because you're doing multiple things a day and stuff like that. But it also helped me. I learned how to actually run. I don't know if you guys have ever seen soccer players run, but they might look like they're good at running, but the sprint mechanics are just terrible. <laughs> um, so I got to learn pretty good sprint mechanics in high school running track, which was really helpful. And I got to kind of figure out what my top end speed was and how to reach that faster than I had before, which helped translate onto the field, obviously. Um, so I think that part definitely helped a lot. You, so you sort of mentioned like, uh, like how the strength and conditioning coaches would give you guys like huge packets and that might be like a big difference from like high school and college soccer. Is that like, what do you think is sort of like the biggest difference that you've seen personally, like from playing high school soccer to college soccer? The speed of play. It is so much faster and I, it's similar to when you're in high school and you're 14 years old and you're playing against 18 year olds, except right. now you're 18 and you're playing against 22, 23, 24 so year olds. BYU, right? No, they're yeah, so 25 year olds right. in there. <laughs> So like people are just way more developed, way faster, way stronger. And everybody that's coming to a team is the best from where they came from. So where you might have been your best on your team, now you're on a whole team of all-stars, essentially. So everyone around you is insane. And everybody can just play really, really quickly. Now, I wanted to talk about that a little bit because um, I want to talk about recognition. And clearly, it's obvious that like forwards, strikers, and midfielders get the most recognitions on most soccer teams. Can you talk about what it's like to get recognition as a defender and what it's like to not get recognition as a defender? Yeah, um, getting rec recognition as a defender typically looks a lot different than forwards. Um, one thing that our coaches always say, especially our defender coach, um, Lexi, she always says that we celebrate block shots, how we celebrate goals scored. Because if you're not blocking a shot, even though you're not getting a, a point in the column for your own individual stats, you maybe prevented something from going in against your team. So our team is really big on celebrating defensive clearances, block shots, slide tackles, big tackles, and not just uh, with defenders themselves, but in the midfield and the forward line too. Um, defending is a really big deal on our team. And so getting recognized as a defender is super exciting because you're like, yes, someone saw it. Let's go. Um, it can definitely be frustrating sometimes not getting the recognition because I think it's a very thankless job because um, a lot of your job is, especially in center back specifically where I play, a lot of your job is organizing and preventing things before they happen. And no one really, sorry. And, no worries. And no one really sees that until it's not there, if that makes sense. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's it can be frustrating sometimes, but it's also super, super rewarding. Well, as you're saying that it can be rewarding to get um, recognition as a defender, but also on the season, you have three goals. Yeah. Um, 
what is it like to score as a defender, especially since there's not a lot of opportunities to do so? Um, it's really exciting. Whenever, okay. Well, two of my goals have been PKs, so my teammates did all the work to set those up. Shout out to them. Still counts, though. Yeah, still, still counts. counts. Um, and then, like, when you, but when you actually score in the run of play, it's really exciting. Whenever I score, I literally just, like, jump up and down like a little bunny <laughs> rabbit because I'm so excited. And we've had the, our other center back, Haley Argeletta, has scored three goals this season, too, and she had a sweet diving header that was awesome. So whoever's listening, look up that highlight because it was sweet. Which game was that? Um, oh my gosh, it was against Portland State. Okay, it was awesome. Yeah, um, look it up. And she, same thing. She's just like jumping up and down, and I think our team gets way like really hyped too when defenders score because I don't know you're seeing someone on the other side of the field that you usually don't see there, so it's just really exciting. Uh, now you now you've been a captain since sophomore year. How, how, sort of how how has that experience been like being a captain? Do you feel like sort of you like that your teammates look up to you in any sense, or do you like are there times where you give them any advice or stuff like that? Like what does being a captain sort of entail? Um, it's been fun, but it's been really challenging. I think I've had kind of a few different roles as a captain. My sophomore year, I was definitely a backseat role. Um, I was just learning from the two captains that were above me, just because I was still an underclassman and. I, I don't know, kind of as an underclassman, you you like to learn and absorb and take as much information from those that are in front of you as you can. And so that was more my role was just to show up, work really hard and getting this um, show up, work really hard and just support people in the best ways that I could in the ways that the team needed me. And then as I got to junior year, senior year and then this year um, being my fifth year, I've definitely I've always been a really vocal person <laughs> um, and a vocal player. So I've never had a hard time doing that. But I think it's become more vocal in that sense but I think I've also learned that everybody is a leader in their own way and to help people realize that they are a leader even if they don't think they are but to also like look to other people and kind of pass on responsibility to them on the team as well do you have like do you have like an inspirational quote or like a piece of advice <laughs> you always live by maybe oh gosh uh I know we all have all the stereotypical ones. But I like. know. This is like a really random one. But one I always think about that I learned in high school is like no leader is worth his salt who's not willing to stack his own chair. Um, well, I like that. Yeah. I like that. kind of different. Very philosophical. Yeah. But <laughs> just like the, the reminder that you need to be willing to do whatever you ask others. And you need to be the first one to be doing the things that you're going to ask others. And if you're not willing to do that, then... I don't know. I don't want to follow someone Absolutely. who's going to tell me to pick up a bag, but isn't willing to pick up a bag either. So I, I try to remember that. I'm not great at remembering it all the time, but I guess that's the one I try to live by. I like, I like that quote. I, I like it. As a captain, do your teammates see you like differently? Do they treat you differently? Have you noticed that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Talk about you behind your back. Now. I know. I'm like, guys, do you? Um, I don't know. I feel like we have a really, a really cool team culture where there's not obviously everyone has their friend groups in the team, but we're all kind of a cohesive unit. And I think everybody kind of, like I said earlier, everyone has their role and everyone plays their role. And so I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think anyone looks, maybe they do. I don't know, <laughs> but I, I look at my teammate. I don't, at least for myself, like I don't look at myself as like, Oh, I'm a captain. Like I'm old. You guys should listen to me unless we're moving goals. And I'm like, Hey, <laughs> anyone else want to move the goal? Um, but no, I mean, I think we have a really cool team dynamic where everybody, it doesn't matter if you're a freshman or if you're a fifth year, if you're a captain or you're not, like everybody has their moments to shine and everybody looks up to each other in different ways. Like there's, I look up to everyone on my team in different ways. Um, and I think that we do a good job of keeping people accountable and humble, but also celebrating. Do you see yourself differently? Do I see myself differently? 
Uh, what is do you your, mean? Is your ego like, gone up a little bit? Just a little bit. <laughs> as a, so as a captain, you're clearly a leader on the team, and people look up to you, may, whether you know it or not. Yeah. Um, does that ever? Do you ever think about that, and do you view yourself differently because of that? Like, do you think like, okay, I'm a captain, I have to perform at a certain level, or I have to act a certain way? Um, because like is, it, is, is it that added that pressure reason? on yourself? Um, I don't think so. I think I would say that I am harder on myself when I feel like I have character slip-ups because um, I feel like it. it's my job. I feel like as a captain, it's my job to help lead the team, but also to help support and celebrate people. And so sometimes I forget how much weight my words do carry. Um, you can ask my teammates. I'm super, <laughs> super competitive. And we always joke about that, but sometimes I probably come off, not probably, a lot of times I come off way too fiery. Um, and so I guess I hold myself to that standard. I think about that a lot when I leave practice. I'm like, oh, like, dang it, I shouldn't have said that, or I shouldn't have done that. I should have done this instead. But I think, like, playing-wise, I wouldn't say it adds more pressure. I think, if anything, I try to be more open about the mistakes I make because I remember when I was a freshman and the captains made mistakes, I was like, whoa okay, they're humans too. Like they can mess up. And it was really cool. I was been really lucky that all the captains that I've had on this team and in high school as well have all been really humble and really honest leaders. And whenever they mess up, they don't blame someone else. They take the blame on themselves. Um, so I guess in that sense, I, I try to take, I don't, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here. No, no, that's perfect. Um, yeah. So I guess in the character areas I try to hold myself I guess I view myself a little differently um because I try to hold myself to a really high standard and I hold myself to a really high standard on the field as well but I try to be more um yeah I guess just open about my slip-ups on the field rather than using the pressure to be like oh I have to be this good because when I think about that I don't know everyone has their job to do everyone needs to be good and doesn't matter if you're a captain or not. Is holding yourself to that high standard mentally taxing? Yeah, it definitely <laughs> I is. I can imagine. I, I can imagine. Yeah, I uh, go through phases where I'm like super, super intense and almost too intense to the point where it takes takes my ability to play my best out of it. And I have to remember like, okay, I can have fun. I can enjoy myself and also be intense. So it can definitely be exhausting. And I'm, I've gotten a little better about finding the balance, but still working on it. No, no. From, from what I've experienced, most people in like quote unquote leadership positions, I guess, sort of have someone they looked up to or someone they sort of like idolized or had like a mentor growing up. Did you have that? Maybe it was like an athlete or maybe your parents. Like, did you have a mentor or like idol growing up? Um, I feel like I had different mentors. So one of them was John Norland that I was talking about. Um, that was my leadership teacher, and he's still a mentor that I have today. Um, he was like played a huge role and teaching me about leadership and about serving others. Um, in college, I would say like the biggest mentors for me were Tiana Helm, who was a senior my freshman year, um, Jody Ukekel, who was a, so a junior my freshman year, had to think about that, yeah. and then um, Maddie Gotta, who was a, or a sophomore my freshman year, oh my gosh. So those three played a huge role um, in showing me the type of leader that I want to be and the type of player I wanted to be. So I'd say them and my parents. But what does that look like? The type of leader you want to be? Ooh, that's a hard question. <laughs> um, think, doesn't it? <laughs> I know it really does. <laughs> no, Jordan, like who are you as a leader today? <laughs> who am I as a leader today? I would say, this is interesting because I've been talking about this in my classes. Um, I would say the kind of leader I am today is someone who believes in 
accountability for myself and for my teammates um, and someone who values celebrating the little things in everybody around me. Um, I kind of like I said with my quote earlier, I try to be a leader who won't ask people anything that I'm not willing to do. I think that's the biggest thing for me um, on the field, off the field, in the weight room, um, doing community service that we do. Um, yeah, I'd say those are like my three big points is accountability, celebrating others and being willing to do what I'm expecting other people to do. Accountability, celebrating others and holding yourself to the same standard that you hold your other teammates at. Yeah. Those are great things to live by. Thanks. I come up short a lot. but <laughs> um, I, I want to sort of transition to the team overall as a whole. I know you guys, you're 13 and five. You set the school record for wins in your last game. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. How, uh, you guys are actually ranked number 16 at 1.2. How, how does it sort of feel to be like that high? Just sort of one of the top teams in the nation. Yeah, that was super weird. Honestly, <laughs> I think it was something that we had been talking about since I had first come in. We we're like, oh, like that'd be so sick to be ranked. That'd be so cool. And then we got ranked, and we were all like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. we're ranked. Like, it's real. It's happening. Yeah, like, not it's like, reality checks. Not of. that we did it, because I mean, it's never a we made it moment. Because there's always something else to look forward to. But it it was a huge stepping point um, for our program. And I think in years past, we've had seasons or we've had games where we've been like, oh, man, we feel like we should be in there or we've been this close and it felt like people didn't recognize that. And so this year to finally have people recognize it and have it come to play, it was like, OK, like we knew we were this good, but now other people know we're this good, too. And it was just I don't know, it felt like all the work we've been putting in for not just the last five years that I've been here, but even the 10, 15, 20 years that the players put in before I got here that it kind of all like surmounted to this big moment. Did any alumni reach out to you after you guys won? Not only did you, not only after you broke the record for most wins in a season, but got ranked or received the rank of number 16 at one point. Um, yeah, that's so funny you asked that. My The day after we got, not the 16th ranked, but the 20th ranked, because that was our first one. I went in my coach's office just because I was on the way to the locker room, stopped by, I said hi. And my coach was like, hey, how many texts have you gotten today? And I was like, oh man. I think I had gotten like 10 or 15 texts oh, from man. alumni and like friends from high school That's and so family cool. that were like, this is so sick. <laughs> so proud of you guys. So there's a bunch of alumni that reached out, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious, like going into the season, what were your like preseason expectations for the team wise? Um, going into the season, I think our expectations honestly are the same every year. It's our expectations are to win a WCC championship, to make the NCAA tournament um, and to be better than we were the year before. And while we won't win a WCC championship, there's still a great chance that um, we can make it to the tournament and being able to, I mean, we like you guys have already said, we beat the record. So that was awesome. We were already doing better than we did before. Um, but yeah, our, our expectations are honestly the same every year. We go in with the same goals. Jordan, if I'm not mistaken, we did a little bit of research and analysis on the soccer team. <laughs> um, it seems like, isn't it the top three teams in the conference that gets to make the NCAA tournament? Yeah, so it depends. So typically we get two or three bids. Um, there's a lot of different things that go into it. So you have your, there's 64 teams that go to the tournament, 32 are conference championships. Those ones are outright. And then typically if you're ranked anywhere in the RPIs from like one through, I think our coach said the highest he'd seen go through is 52, you have a pretty good shot of making it. So the at-large bids come down to, okay. yeah, the selection committee, 
um, and they take into account like your comp- your record, your the strength of your schedule, your RPI rankings, kind of a bunch of different things. So like you look at a Pac-12 and they usually get five or six out or five or six teams that go through the conference. But I, I don't know if WCC's ever had more than three, but this might be the year. Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just curious. So say, say I don't know, uh, a voter out there was listening to this podcast. I'm just saying, <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yeah, you, you never, never know. know. What would be your pitch to them to why you guys deserve to be in the tournament? My pitch to them would be that we rock <laughs> and we should be there. No, just kidding. We do rock. Um, I think the strength of our schedule this year and our record speaks for itself. We've only lost five games and four of those five games that we lost, one was to the reigning national champion. One was to a team that's ranked number 13 right now. One was to a team that's ranked number 11 right now. And one was to, I don't know, Purdue is still ranked, but I think they are. Yeah. To another team that's in the top 25. So, I mean, four of our five losses. And I mean, you, you could technically make the argument that we should have won some of them we should have but that's okay pacific yeah that one we for sure should have won but that you know what rather take it now than later um but i mean four of our five losses were to teams that on paper should have beat us and we put up a maybe aside from byu and pepperdine we put up a really good fight i mean we almost had santa clara purdue was a 1-0 game that was super back and forth um even pacific we were we got super unlucky not to win that game and so i think looking at the strength of our conference a 3-1 win over georgia um, to open up the season at Georgia. And I think we were literally traveling for 28 hours. Like it was such a quick trip. We got in at like eight o'clock at night, went straight to the training field. They didn't have lights. So we trained almost in the dark and then woke up and played a 1 p.m. game the next day, left right after. That's crazy. Um, a win at Arizona, a big Pac-12 name. I don't know. I Even a win at St. Mary's that we just had last weekend was a big win and they were receiving votes the week before. So I'd say that we've proven ourselves and we deserve to be in the in the tournament. You you guys have you guys have two games left: San Francisco and LMU. I know LMU really hasn't had the best season. Yeah, but obviously the importance of those two games like, is really high. What what do you sort of tell your teammates? What do the coaches tell you guys going into those final two games, trying to close out you know the season on a high note? Um, I think the main thing we've been focusing on is just one game at a time. Um, it's very overwhelming when you start thinking of things two, three, four, five games in a row because you really can't control anything except for the moment that you're in. And so just focusing on what we can do to win San Francisco. And then once we get through that game, then it's okay. Now we that's out of the way. What can we do to make sure we win against LMU? Um, so it's really just making sure that we're doing our jobs and kind of fine-tuning the things that we need to fine-tune to be the most successful we can on Wednesday. And Jordan, LMU is one of the worst teams in the conference. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they've won a game this year. I don't think they've won a game this year. Not to put it lightly. But. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> um, what does the soccer team have to do to not get upset Sort of get that complacent. Night? Oh, like for us? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, what is the game? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's... Aside, like I know their record doesn't show up, but they're still a really good program and they have really, really great individual players. And so remembering that and I think everybody kind of knows sports are unforgiving. If you it doesn't matter how good you are, like if you are complacent and you think something's just going to be handed to you, you're probably going to get your butt kicked. Like that's just the way it goes. And so um, just remembering that even if their record isn't good, their record doesn't necessarily reflect the skill and the opportunities that they've created for themselves this season. So making sure that we know we have to be our best going into that game, even if they are 0-18. Yeah, but we were talking as a group about 
uh, what it's like to go into a game where the team knows that they're better than the other um, and the mentality going into there. And something we talked about was not being overconfident, mm-hmm. not going into the game oh, like, oh, we're we're so-and-so team. Like, we have a 13-5 and record. Yeah. Um, we're playing an 0-16. and 16, Oh, and whatever. whatever team. Oh, yeah. oh, um, <laughs> we're going to run through this team just because we're we're this team, except, yeah. for example. Um, it's more like, no, we can't underestimate our opponent no matter what. Exactly. Uh, as a, a competitor, it's like we're, our mentality going into the game is demonstrating why we're the be- better team and playing to our strengths rather to the, rather rather than downplaying our strengths and playing to their strengths. Mm-hmm. Totally. What would you say to that? I would agree. And I think also, like, especially like LMU, I mean, it'll be their senior night, last game of the season. Let's say they don't win to, on Wednesday. They're 0-19. Like, you literally have nothing to lose. So you can just freaking fly at people, do whatever you They're want. Like, money. Especially, like, I mean, senior, if that was my senior season, I'd be like, <laughs> F it. I'm going all the way. Like, exactly. I don't care if I lose the ball in the back. I'm going to dribble from here to the front. I'm taking 10 shots this game. But, yeah, so I think especially, like, keeping in mind what you said and then also remembering, like, every, I don't know, people can come out with fire and catch you when you're not expecting it. Yeah, and it's like the most unexpected things can lead to a loss in mm-hmm. the most unexpected way. Um, if a team feels confident enough, or like you said, like maybe a defender takes it coast to coast just because they're like, screw it, this is my last game of yeah. the year. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And maybe they somehow get fortunate enough to make a goal on one of those unorthodox plays, and perhaps the team isn't prepared because they they weren't expecting that. Mm-hmm. It's like those little mental errors is what can be, lead to a little a little bit of catastrophe. So yeah. it's always kind of being prepared and being, as you said, prepared or, excuse me, um, focus for moments in which you might not know what is expected yeah better to be proactive than reactive and that's sort of a captain's job too to sort of keep the team in check and not let their heads sort of get all over the place yeah exactly i mean there's definitely a fine line between like having all the confidence in the world and having a huge ego um you can you can definitely be confident without being egotistical and i think that's it's a very fine line to walk and so as long as you because you, sh- you should be confident in your abilities going into a game like that. We should be. I mean, we are the better team. We, I don't, I mean, I don't know, like, player for player if we're better. I would say player for player we're better. Um, I don't know if that's what the stats would tell you, but but that can't turn into, oh, well, I don't have to, like, try that hard because they're not that good kind of thing. I, 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 want, I want to sort of transition to talk about the couple of, spon- a couple of sponsorships yes. you have. Liquid IV and Playa Just Society. Um, sort of, what was that process for getting, getting that sponsorship with them? Like, what do you have to do? Like, um, liquid IV was really cool. Actually, a couple of my teammates got it before I did. And we liquid IV, I don't know if you guys know, but they had been, we, for the athletic department as a whole, we moved on from Gatorade liquid IV sponsored us. I think it was, yeah, last year, liquid IV sponsored us. And then, or it was right before COVID hit and then COVID hit and they, we didn't get sponsored by them anymore. Don't know why, but (laughs) So we, were, we all loved Liquid IV, and so it was a huge bummer. So then when my friends were like, hey, you can get this sponsorship from Liquid IV, check it out. I was like, no way, let's go. Um, so they had this, like, thing that you could fill out, and you just told them who you were. Um, I don't know if you, like, played a sport, where you played, kind of stuff like that. And then they just – they're really cool, actually. I, I really like them, and part of the reason I wanted to partner with them is they don't really have – 
a formula that you have to follow for posting. They just say that they want to see you posting and engaging with the products in real life like you usually do. So it doesn't need to be staged. I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, like would I be on this 15 mile hike? Thanks. <laughs> it's like, oh man, like I'm really tired and I forgot to drink my water today and I practice in an hour. Mm, gonna drink this liquid IV, like please work. Um, and it does. So I would highly recommend it. I also have a discount code if anyone wants it. You want um, to shout it out really yeah. quick? Yeah. Shout out real so quick. the yeah. shout out for my discount code, 25% off your orders at liquid IV is Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N underscore Bailey, B-A-A-A-I-L-E-Y. We have to come up with the Yeah, it is. <laughs> and my Instagram. They gave it to me. Um, but so that was a huge reason of why I really liked um, liquid IV is because they were very um, organic with how they wanted to interact with their products and the people that were doing their products and I probably drink an unhealthy amount of liquid IV, <laughs> but I love that stuff. What's your favorite flavor? Strawberry. Strawberry is pretty good. It's so good. Okay. Strawberry, lemon, lime, and then probably passion fruit. Passion. Yeah. Do you it, like watermelon? I go back and forth. <laughs> if I have it. Hit or miss. Yeah. I usually really like concentrated drinks like Gatorade, the sugary, the more sugary it is, the better. Um, but with watermelon, I think that the less sugary, the less concentrated, the less concentrated it is, the better it is. Just specifically with watermelon liquid IV. But all the rest of them, I put them in a glass that's like maybe eight ounces and just chug it. <laughs> and what about your your um, partnership with Playa Society? Yeah, um, Playa Society is a super, super cool company. Um, I randomly found their company. I think it was like an Instagram ad that had popped up two Christmases ago. And oh, wow. um, it was a shirt I I don't know if anyone, a lot of people have seen it or not, but it says female athlete and then females crossed out and it says judged by my achievements, not by my gender. And I thought that was super cool. That's so I was really like, cool. oh, mom, like I really like this shirt, popped it on the Christmas list, got it. And then once we find out about the NIL sponsorship abilities that we had, I was like, oh, I should totally reach out to this company. Um, it's a small company. They're black owned. It's uh, has a female CEO, which is super, super cool. And so I, I don't know. I just really like the company. I like their mission statement, liked what they stood for. Um, and it was very similar to Liquid IV. They want their sponsors. I don't know if that's necessarily the right, their ambassadors to interact with the product in super organic ways. And being a female athlete, um, I don't know. I've heard a lot of things growing up like, oh, like you're pretty good for a girl. Like you're strong for a girl. You're fast for a girl. And it's like, well, no, I'm just, I'm just good. I'm just fast. I'm just strong. And um, so it was really cool to see a company that was kind of breaking down those stereotypes and putting a voice to something that I've always heard, but I think I'd heard it so much. I'd just been like conditioned to think that that was normal. Um, so it was cool to have a company kind of point something out to me that I knew was a problem, but didn't necessarily know how to put words to the problem, if that makes sense. Definitely. And seeing sort of like, especially with the, you know, the women's national soccer team and their ongoing fight you yeah. know, for, for equality, especially in, in, in sports. Well, what's, what's sort of your reaction to that? And like, do you think they've been doing a good enough job? What, what is there something you would do sort of? Um, yeah, no, I think it's awesome that they're finally, I mean, I don't want to say finally, cause I mean, it's been a problem for a really long time and mm -hmm. I, I don't know any of the girls personally, but based on their what I've read about them um, and about their fight, I imagine I know that they've been fighting this fight for a really long time. And same with the NWSL. Um, the players have been fighting the fight for a really long time. And it's hard because you can do so much and your voice can still be so silenced. And I think they're they are finally to a point and we are finally at a point in society where people are starting to listen, which is really, really cool. And I think that's why it's been so magnified. Um, and so I just, I just think it's cool that they didn't let 
court rulings or people telling them no, stopping them from continuing to fight for it, not just for them, but for the players like me who are, I mean, I won't be on the national team or anything <laughs> like that, but even as a female athlete in college soccer or as a little girl, um, going up, growing up and wanting to play professionally, it's cool that you have people out there that are willing to fight the fight. So you don't have to. Absolutely. How important is it for you to be a representative for other female student athletes or female athletes? Um, I think it's important. I think of all of the female athletes that came before me that I looked up to and they kind of showed me different ways that it was, okay, <laughs> I don't know, like it was okay to be um, really strong, really fast, really athletic rather than super. And there's nothing wrong with being girly at all. Like totally fine too, but it was, it was okay to not necessarily fit into the, I guess, standards that people have for females, especially in America. Um, and I think it's cool to, I don't know. I remember growing up, I'd want to be like, oh, like, I want to be a professional soccer player. And people would be like, oh, well, like, you're not going to make money. Also, like, mm, no one really watches women's soccer. And I remember thinking that eventually. And then I had players and other athletes that I looked up to. And they're like, who cares? Like, go have fun. Do it. You can do it. You're good enough. Like, just because you're a girl doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to have those opportunities. And so being able to, I guess, voice that and encourage the younger generation to do that is is pretty important to me i don't think i realized it was important to me until probably the last couple of years but it's definitely important to me i i, I sort of so uh I, I know it's very sad your experience at gu is wrapping up you're graduating yeah. sort of uh, with your whole experience as gonzaga as a whole what would you say just being here and being on the soccer team has meant to you um it's been like the coolest experience of a lifetime like I'm so grateful that I got to come here and be a part of the program and meet all the people that I have. And I don't know, I just get to be a part of the community here has been super cool. Um, being such a small school, which is a huge reason why I picked Gonzaga, our athletic department's a lot different than many other athletic departments. Like we actually value education as student athletes, which I think is super awesome. Like we can pick our majors. If you want to be an engineer, you can be an engineer. If you want to be a biochem major, you can be a biochem major and you're going to have the tools and the people in place to support you versus at bigger schools, you wouldn't necessarily have that. Um, and I think also being at a bigger school, it gives you more opportunity to be friends with different groups of people. So I have my friends that are on the soccer team, but I also have friends that are outside of the soccer team, which is awesome. And I know some of my friends at bigger schools don't necessarily have that opportunity because their classes are like 200, 300 people. I'm not going to talk to someone in that big of a class. Right, right. No, thank you. <laughs> um, so it's really cool. And I like that I get to see the same people walking to class and get a ton of opportunities to interact with people. So it's been awesome. I've loved it. Um, but I want to know, what's your favorite building on campus and why? Ooh. Maybe it ties in with your major, maybe not. Yeah, probably not my major tying in with it because I was a, well, I was a human phys major. And then after all of the impossible classes, I was like, eh, not for me. I'm going to go to psych. And I like College Hall. College Hall is cool. Okay. The front of College Hall is my favorite visually, but only during like right when the leaves start turning fire red okay. and bright orange. And then after the first snowfall. Okay. So that's like visually, that's probably my favorite place to yeah, look at. Prepared. Yeah. Well, I. I you know. I feel very strongly about the trees here during fall. I love them. Um, favorite building, though. 
I don't really know if I have a favorite building, honestly. I was saying that to them before. Like, it's just weird to have a favorite building. The guy's saying mine's like my bed. Yeah. Wherever I live, yeah. this is my Bobby's favorite building. Bobby's is his bed. Mine's Julian's. Okay. What's, what's, yours, what's yours, Julian? Uh, I think we both had the same one. I had Hemmingson. Yeah, I had Hemmingson as well, and the Foley Library was a close second. Oh, yeah. those are. I know. I was thinking, like, I really liked Welch because that's where Cookie Night was. For a long time. What is cookie night? Yeah, what's cookie you guys night? don't know what cookie never, night is? I've never heard of cookie what night. What the heck? Oh my gosh. Okay. I don't know if they're doing it this year, but it was every Wednesday. Um, you would pay five dollars and you'd get a dozen cookies and two cartons of milk. It was yeah. a dozen cookies and two cartons of milk. Every Wednesday for five dollars. Mm -hmm. Can someone check if that's still going on, please? So every Wednesday in the Hemingston marketplace. Six dollars, twelve cookies, two cartons of milk, at six or seven p.m. Do you still go? I haven't been in a while because, well, I came last year, but I haven't been this year. But I have a, a new answer to my favorite building. So oh, okay, it was Welch because of Cookie Night, but now the Cookie Night's here. I'll say Hemmingson, but I like Hemden the best. Hemden's yeah. like the coolest. Have yeah. you been to Hemden? Yes, Hemden. I've heard of it. You gotta check it out. It's Sorry, awesome. Please describe Hemden. Yeah, yeah, Bobby. no, I'm sorry. Okay, so I'm so out of the loop no, here. No, it's okay. So Hemden, you can get there. Well, there's multiple entrances, but I usually go to the stairs that's right by the like at the ministry building okay. or the ministry office. Um, and it's it this is it's like a den that has it's a study area basically. They have like comfy chairs. They have like one giant lounge couch bed thing that you can sit on. They have desks and tables that you can sit on. They have cool spinning chairs. It's by the GU Outdoors office. That's in the basement. No kidding. Yeah. And they use, I don't know if they still do. And I don't know if this is what it's called, but at coffee house. Yeah, does that sound right? House. Yeah. I used to go and get cooking. <laughs> this is so bad. Instead of doing my homework, I would go and get cookie night at Welch on Wednesdays. And then I would go down to coffee house and listen to people like sing or yeah. tell stories or whatever. And my friends and I would just hang out and neglect all of our responsibilities. <laughs> so well, yeah. Welch and Hemmingson. Long, long oh, winded. I can't believe I didn't know these things existed. Yeah, come on, you gotta. I feel like I haven't really been a real GU student <laughs> until now. My goodness. Your favorite memory as a student? Oh. Not even, not an athlete as a student. As a student. Yeah. Now, now we're getting somewhere. Guys, you, these are hard. My favorite memory as a student. We'll give you two if you want. If you want to mention two, we can give you two. Yeah. Um, the UNC game was awesome for basketball for basketball yeah sorry i'm we don't play unc um <laughs> yeah the basketball unc game was super fun what year was this that was my junior year so 20 2019 yeah it was like a couple it was like the week after winter break and a couple of my teammates stayed and they were underclassmen so they stayed at my house and we just like played games all the time there was no homework it was great and then we got to go to the game and it was like the most electric atmosphere ever so that's definitely up there. And oh man, I don't know what my favorite, I think just like hanging out with my friends and doing random things. I love doing like Dutch runs. I don't drink coffee, Dutch bros. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, I, I know Dutch bros. I, know I was bros. like, oh man, not cookie Dutch night, bros. not it's Dutch okay. bros. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know if that counts as being a student, but going to Dutch like after class, before practice in the morning, I don't drink coffee, so I just get lemonades which like cannot be good for my health, <laughs> but it tastes so good. And my friends and I would go like four or five times a week. Have you had the same friends all four years? Yeah. 
That's awesome. Is it lemonade infused or is it just strictly lemonade? You can get it either way. I go for the OG gummy bear, which is really yummy. OG gummy bear? Yeah. I don't even know. That sounds so good. It's really good. I don't even know what's in it, but it's super yummy. Or the Majestic. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know the flavors. Or the Majestic Forest, which is blue ras, pomegranate, and kiwi or something like that. It's thank. Mm -hmm. Wow. Big lemonade fan. You brought me on to so many different things. Oh my I'm, goodness. Thank yeah, you. you're welcome. <laughs> Life changing. Yeah, she's putting us on the trends. How about a funny memory? A funny memory? Funny. Oh. Maybe within the soccer team or just with your friends. A funny memory. I feel like most of the things that happen in my life that are funny aren't like they're they're like you have to be there moments. Okay. Just a general funny memory is after like the first snow and then like when the ice freezes the next day and everyone on campus is falling. Oh, the like, black ice. Thing. Everyone's yeah. just eating, which is kind of mean to say, but like everyone's just <laughs> no, eating it in no. different places. <laughs> I remember, yeah. oh, this is so bad. This is an embarrassing funny. I don't know if anyone saw. I didn't take the time to check to see if anyone saw it, but <laughs> I lived in Coglin my freshman in, or my freshman year and I was walking down the hill like by the huge study windows that everyone sits in and I ate crap on black ice right out front of it. And I just sat on the, I literally laid on the ground for like a minute and was just so embarrassed. I couldn't even move. So I guess that's like a embarrassing, funny story, but I think just like watching everyone skate around during ice, it's kind of a lame answer. Since you're our first guest, it's kind of new, but uh, we want to kind of like, yeah, uh, do some how get to know you questions. Love it. You know, so like go as far as you want and de- in detail as you want. So you don't okay. have to like, you know, be like, hey, yes or no, but go in details. All right. Cool? Hit me. Perfect. All right. So the first question we've got and the first question we want to know is like, what's your like, lo- what's your treat for like a long day? Like, what's your like go to treat? You guys, this is the thing is, is I treat myself like multiple times a day. <laughs> it's not just like after a long day. It is every day almost. If I'm going to buy a treat, it's usually a Sonic Blast Ooh. or Blizzard. Which, which flavor? So good. Which flavor okay. Sonic? Sonic Blast Reese's Pieces with extra yeah. Reese's Pieces. Come on! It's so yes. good. It's so oh. good. We are on the same wavelength right now. I am such a fan. We are on the same wavelength right now. That's like, yeah, I would do a lot of things for that. So you're, you're a peanut butter fan. Love, love peanut butter. Okay, if I'm going to Dairy Queen, though, it bounces between, I think it's like the chocolate fudge brownie. It's okay. just chocolate fudge and brownie. Or the Wonder Woman cookie collision because that has cookie dough in it and fudge brownie pieces. Yeah. But the Wonder Woman cookie collision is only during summer. So, okay. Limited edition. Yeah, limited edition, seasonal. But, um, yeah, dark, sorry, I'm going to go into detail. (laughs) Um, I always have a minimum of two bags of the Trader Joe's dark chocolate covered pretzels in my fridge. And so I keep one in my freezer, one in my fridge. Okay, we're literally the same person. They're so good. We're literally the same person. <laughs> this is this is do, crazy. Do you keep two bags too? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, because once you run out, I always I got to the point where I would eat them so frequently, I'd like run out in literally probably a week, and I was like, I can't just keep going to Trader Joe's to buy these. So then I just started stocking up, so I wouldn't embarrass exactly. myself. Exactly. Um, so that is my everyday treat, multiple times a day. Sounds like a sponsorship to me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Trader, Trader Joe's. Joe's. <laughs> Shout out Trader Joe's. Um, I I want to know why number twelve. Okay, there's not a cool story behind this at all. I wish there was, but I wanted to be number five because that was my number in club and every year of high school except my freshman year because someone else is number five. But one of my teammates who actually ended up being one of my housemates and is one of my best friends, 
she was number five, but she's a year older, so she was going to graduate. I would only have a year with the number. And I was like, meh, like, there's no point in waiting. And I think I just randomly put down number, I, I think I gave them like three options, and one of them was number 12, and they happened to give it to me. And it worked out. Number 12 is a but great like, number. Why, why was that in your top three? I have no idea. <laughs> like, there, there was no rhyme or reason. Do you like how it looks, or is it, it like it? Is it looks good. Give yeah, you a little bit I, of like a swag feel, or I what, don't know. What is I it? think I literally just was like, oh, 12 sounds like a good number today. So I, I put it down. Okay. I, I really so, wish I had a cool story for it. Throwing it down on a piece yeah. of paper and be like, eh, close my works. eyes, whatever. Wrote, All right, so down, this whatever. is more so like a main meal instead of a snack, but your favorite food. Okay, like so, not not like so, like, like lunch or dinner, sort of maybe. Um, I love mac and cheese. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> no, this is actually crazy. Is that your favorite? Yes. Okay, but what kind of mac and cheese? Oh. I do like a four cheese, a simple craft, Annie's mac and cheese. Literally any mac and cheese. Oven baked mac and cheese. Any mac and cheese in front of me that's going down in five minutes. It's so good. Okay, except I don't like Velveeta. I've never heard of Velveeta, so that's what? good. Is, is, is it a local it's, brand? Or? No, it's like Kraft. Do you guys know what Velveeta cheese is? Yeah, I've heard yeah, of it. I know what Velveeta yeah. Yeah. Thank, Do you like it? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Okay. I like, I like Kraft better than Velveeta, but it's it's like a Kraft, but not Kraft. But it's like the same thing. Yeah. Is that how it's you describe similar. it? It's, it's similar to Kraft, but it's not Kraft. Jordan, what do you throw in your mac and cheese? Uh, Okay, so it depends. If I'm doing Annie's white cheddar shells, which are really, really yummy, I usually do extra cheese on top and then some like... Salt, pepper. If I'm feeling like really crazy, and this is only like every once in a while because I have a very low spice tolerance, which you guys will probably laugh at me for thinking Cholula is spicy. I, I do too, so no, no worries. Oh no, Bobby, Bobby's off the rails. He's now. done. He's done. Oh, no. I'll sometimes put Cholula this is crazy. in it. Like, oh, I. Sorry. No, it's okay. I'm really glad we're having this experience, and that there's so many witnesses to it. <laughs> Special. Um, but if I'm doing like homemade mac and cheese, which I actually don't really make, my mom makes it because I don't, I'm not the best cook ever, but she does like every cheese. She'll do like, I don't know, cheddar cheese, white cheddar cheese, Swiss cheese, Monterey cheese, cheddar jack, all the cheeses. It's good. So big cheese person is what I'm hearing. Che like I was going to say cheese is my favorite food, but then you said it needed to be a meal and cheese isn't. I mean, it could oh, be a meal, I, but... I love cheese. I just... It's Grilled cheese, anything. Anything with cheese, blocks of cheese, Tillamook cheese slices. Yeah. Are, like, are you a big fan of quesadillas? I yeah. love, love quesadillas. They're too. so good. We usually go to... I feel to, like we're long-lost siblings I, right seriously, now Seriously. We go to um, Chipotle or Doba for a lot of our meals before Doba. we go to... I've never to, heard it pronounced Doba. 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 Yeah, Doba. Before um, games, and I've recently been on the quesadilla kick. So I just... Loaded up. That's awesome. Love quesadillas. What would be your favorite protein, like your go-to protein in a quesadilla? Or um, even mac and cheese if you do that. I usually do chicken. Chicken? Yeah. I like chicken a lot. Sometimes, I guess if I'm like going the plant, well, okay, I can't say plant-based version because cheese is an animal product. But if I'm going the vegetarian version, I'll do black beans and rice in it. Okay. Which can get messy, but still good. All right. If we have the same answers to these, then I might as well <laughs> just leave, I might as well leave the room. Uh, favorite movie? Oh... That's hard, actually. Or maybe top three. Okay. Um, mm, okay, love Harry Potter. 
Harry Potter like the series Harry Potter, Potter series, Harry Potter series up there, is great movies. specifically Prisoner of Azkaban okay. and Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire. Yeah, I feel like yeah. everyone's favorite movie of Harry Potter is Goblet of Fire. It's I so actually good. would disagree. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, yes. oh here we go. That's least favorite. Really? Movies. What? Wow. Like yeah. in the series or ever? Uh, in the series. Okay. Which one's yeah. your favorite? It has to be the Half Blood Prince. Half Blood Prince is good too. A little spoiler. So for our fans who haven't watched the Half Blood Prince, please. Close your ears for just a second. When uh, Dumbledore died, that was like one of the most. Yeah. Yeah. I cried. <gasps> I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah. That was one of the most symbolic yet emotional moments in the whole series. And that's like something that really stood with myself. Yeah. But even the whole like movie was like super well produced. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you guys read the books? Yeah, I read I read all the books when I was younger. That's all I would read. Okay, I read I just read all the books over quarantine. That was like my big quarantine activity and the books are so good. I remember when I was a little kid, I was like these things are so thick and they're so hard to read and then reading them now I was like, "Oh, okay." They breeze. Yeah. And it has so much more detail than most people would Way think. Way more. And one of my housemates, God bless her for making me do this. Shout yeah. out Maggie. She like refused to let me watch any of the movies before I finished the book. So I had seen a couple of them, it's but a great I had right there. I know she's a real one, <laughs> but I hadn't seen him in a while. So I like always try to cheat. I'd be like, "Oh, come on! Like I'm halfway through the third book. Like let's just watch the movie." And she'd be like, "Nope, mm-mm, turn it off." And I'd always like try to turn it on, and she'd come in the room and change the channel for me. So it made it even more fun. Yeah, that must have been so tough. But I'm sure like your friend holding you back from watching the movies made you want to watch it even more. Yeah, Absolutely. and she, it, yeah, I would like anytime she'd leave the room, I'm like, "Harry Potter." <laughs> All right, so sort of staying in the entertainment industry, uh, TV show. What TV shows? Maybe maybe ones you binged or just ones you okay. always love watching. I love Shit's Creek. That show is okay. freaking hilarious. If you haven't watched it, watch it. Love Squid Games. Yes. Squid Games. I just finished I'm so, so glad you mentioned that. Good. So, such a good show. Okay. Did you watch it in Korean or did you watch it in Korean. English? No, Korean. Good you have answer. to watch it in Korean. Good answer. Spoiler alert, by the way. Yeah, I, so I have to hear your thoughts first. Should he have gotten on the plane? Okay, so... I mean, I think the answer depends. Um, Do you think there's going to be a second season? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, so my thought with this whole thing is I'm like, dude, you're one guy. What are you going to do to derail the entire system? But here's kind of what I think. They didn't show, okay, hot take because he fell from like 200 feet, but they didn't show that the brother died. They just saw him getting shot in the shoulder. And I don't think any, well, I mean, maybe someone has, but in movies, no one ever gets shot in the shoulder and just dies. So I see this going one of a couple ways. I can see it going like him and the brother team up and they try to derail the system. But again, now he knows his older brother's in on it and is like the game master. And the two of them, I just don't think they're going to be able to derail the system. But also, I understand why they did it because it leaves the option for them to have another season or i could see them not having another season and leaving it up to people to decide and speculate what they think if is going to happen so I, yeah I'd be I, so honestly, I need closure actually that's a great point that you brought up that they might they could they could potentially not have a second season just and have us kind of in the wait but i think i would hate that i think in their <laughs> heads they, they probably especially for how successful it was I think they would probably make a season two. And I would actually disagree with you on the point that another people, disagreement. Ooh. One one or two people can Spicy. actually make a huge difference. Okay. In my opinion. I think they're capable of changing things, especially if they have the drive and the passion to do so. And I think from his trauma, uh, both both uh, people's traumas, the brothers, him him shooting his own brother yeah. in the shoulder before getting shot and falling down the whatever feet cliff. 
and then the actor um who lost have like all his friends and saw so many people die in the games um i think he's so upset um and i see bobby has a point but uh, to finish <laughs> to finish what i'm saying well, no, 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 go, go finish off yeah he's so upset and so traumatized to the point where he's like this is so screwed up that this has to stop yeah. and he's gonna do whatever it takes to do it okay Respect. I like what, that. What I was going to say is, were you shocked when you found out the old man was behind the entire thing? Okay, guys. I feel like an idiot for not realizing it before. Because they didn't show it him was... actually getting shot. Okay, I, just, no, I, I remember that. There's so saw. many things that make it so obvious. I don't know if you guys remember. Okay, first of all, he's the first player. Yeah. Hello. First player. Second of all, I don't know if you guys remember, but and I think it was the third episode when they the like five people took the extra portions of food and it caused all the fightings. He was the one standing on the top and he's like, stop this madness right now or we're all going to die in here. And then the game master was like, stop it. But everyone else was yelling, stop it. But they literally zoned in on his hotspot and he climbed to the top so that they would know it was him specifically. So like, hello, double obvious. I didn't realize that. And that's what makes the show, show so great. It's so just good. like those little subliminal things that the audience doesn't notice, but in the end, it's like, oh, that makes sense now. Yeah, exactly. Also, the fact that his name is Oil o- Nam, which means number one player in Korean. Whoa. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. I did not know that. I'm not kidding. Oh, That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So much foreshadowing. There's so, like, I feel dumb for not noticing yeah, it, but they no, did literally. such a good job doing it in really subtle ways, which was cool. This is the one time I How shocked you. were you at the fact that he was a... a blown away. Yeah. I was like, there's no way that this man has anything. Also, like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have this problem. Not problem, but, like, there's a moment where I thought I was going crazy because you're, like, reading the subtitles in English, but you're hearing Korean. But then when the Game Master started speaking English, I was like, wait a second. Have I been watching in English this whole time? <laughs> right, and I just right. didn't realize it. <laughs> right. And so that threw me through a loop, too. But I was just blown away when the old man... All my friends are watching. I was like, can you guys text me when you get to the finale? Will you let me know so we can talk about it? Could you rate the uh, Taskmaster's mask or costume from 1 to 10? It that was, was, a, cool, it was a cool costume. It was really cool. I Another favorite show? Sorry, going back to it. Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Oh, Love yes. that show. Great show. Love that Great you brought show. that up. I'm a big fan of that, of big that fan show of Mando. as well. Um, I was thinking because the Game Master costume, in a way, kind of reminded me of the Mandalorian. Yeah. I'll, put, I'll put it at like an 8.5 an 8. or 9. Because I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was spooky, mysterious, but like not overwhelming. Yeah. I felt like they really captured being simple, but also terrifying. Yeah. Very Definitely. well. I would give it a 9.5. Okay, yes. The VIPs threw me off. The VIPs, I did not like, like them. No, I, I, I was like creeped out by them. Like they, they, they just didn't give me a good vibe no, at all. No, not at all. I think it was like the weird animal masks yeah. that Adam, yeah. it was just uncomfortable. I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant show. Brilliant show. Yeah, when they it did change the the dynamic of the show a little bit. What were you guys' thoughts on the change of the mood? I don't know. I just liked everything about it. No, no, but when the VIPs came in. Oh, I mean, I don't know. It's, I just wasn't expecting it. Like, I didn't think there was anyone else involved with it. I don't know if that's what you thought, too, but. I, okay, this is kind of mess, but I kind of liked it because it made it more sadistic mm-hmm. and, like, I know that's so bad to say. I know, but it like made it gave a reason for there to be this like terrible treatment of people. Like it it, like kind of put everything together rather than like, why are you just randomly? I mean, they kind of still were randomly doing it, but at least there was a finger to point blame to and be like, oh, you guys have a lot of money and you don't really care about human lives. Okay, and 
I don't know. I think it also like highlighted the, because I don't know if you guys had read a lot of like background on like the point of Squid Games and no. everything, but a lot of it was to highlight the like socioeconomic disparities between um, lower class, upper class, and middle class. Oh wow! And so like bringing that the VIPs in who have this millions and millions of wands um, also highlighted like the disparity that the people that were in the games were in, but also the economic disparity between both the classes. That's really cool. Which which game intrigued you the most? Ooh. Like, what was your what was your favorite game? That's hard. Okay, I say that to all the questions you guys are asking me. Mm-hmm. I really liked the glass one. I think the fifth the fifth game. It was the fifth one. Yeah, that one was crazy. Just because I was thinking about how screwed I would have been if I was in there, and they did just such a good job, like with him picking like between first and last, and then that guy's like, oh, like please, 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 let me go first. Let me go first, and. I was just, that was just such like a messed with my mind. And I was just thinking about the anxiety I would feel. And then people started pushing each other. It, I think Squid Games is a great mix of Lord of the Flies and Hunger Games. Like if Lord of the Ooh. Flies and Hunger Games had a baby, I like that. it would be Squid Games. I like that. That's a great take. Yeah. And I think that game especially showed Lord of the Flies vibes. Interesting. Rest in Very peace, Piggy. <laughs> um, our next question is, what are your favorite activities to do on your downtime? Ooh, I love going on walks, which is, like, kind of a lame activity. Like hiking or just, like, walks? No, just, like, walks. My friend T and I go on walks, like, multiple times a week, and we go to random places. We Also, we, like, really like walking to the bridges, so we'll go to the bridge over by U District and then the bridge that's, well, I guess technically U District's that way, and then the bridge that's over the river. Um, But, yeah, I like going on walks a lot. And for those who don't know what the U District is, it's just basically downtown uh, Spokane. Yeah. And a little trail around around the city. Yeah. also, have you guys walked Kendall Yards? Mm-hmm. Love Kendall Yards. The night market is super fun during I summer. I've never been to Kendall Yards. Kendall Yards is a beautiful uh, walking place. Also, um, Manitou Park. Yeah, Manitou is awesome. I've heard of Manitou. I've heard of Manitou. There's a lot of good like walking trails around here and dif- different places to see. But Kendall Yards, if you haven't been, ride on the water. Super beautiful. Really great food. Go to Baba. Great Mediterranean food. One of my favorite restaurants in Spokane. Shout out. Shout, Shout out. out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, another question we have going on the favorite, right? Or, you know, stay on the favorite. Fa- stay on the favorite. Um, what was like, what would be like your favorite song of all time? Favorite artist. Or, or favorite Whoa. artist as well. Okay. Okay. I've recently been super into acoustic, chill, kind of sad music. But I think my favorite, <laughs> I think my favorite artist of all time is honestly Drake. Okay. Which is kind of a hot take. I know a lot of people, I feel like it's a mix. Like you either love Drake or you hate Drake. Right. I feel like there's, there's no not between. really a middle ground. Yeah. Um, but I I don't like his as much of his new stuff. I'm like, a, Views is probably one of my favorite albums of I'll all time. I play Marvin's Room. Yeah. Love, <laughs> love old Drake, especially Views. And I saw him in concert my junior year of high school. And oh, that was no a sick concert. I will say like my one plug for myself and bragging rights that I have is I've been to some awesome concerts who else have you been to besides drake okay i've been to future asap ferg um migos drake travis scott khalid um oh my gosh um old dominion there's one more brett young those are like my eight main ones wow super trippy red trippy red was there yeah lots of hip-hop though yeah i I love hip-hop as i'm saying acoustic chill is my favorite (laughs) right now did you watch these artists in seattle um, Drake was in Drake Migos, 
um, ASAP Ferg and Future were all in Tacoma and White River Amphitheater, mm-hmm. um, which is like Enumclaw, another small town. And then Khalid was here. Um, Old Dominion was Old Dominion was here two times actually. And then Brett Young was here, and Travis Scott and Trippy Red were in um, LA. Are you gonna go to the weekend's concert? Okay, that's which concert? The, the weekend. weekend. Oh, oh, it's in April. I, like I thought is about it, it. Yeah. Oh. Oh no. We might, we, get, we might have to go. Might have to go. I thought about it, but I don't know if I'm going to be in Spokane in April. So if I'm here, I'm going to. But if I'm not, then I can't go. Are you a big weekend fan? I like them a lot. I mean, I like him. I say them. I like him a lot. Um, I like don't necessarily. I'm not like obsessed with him, but I think his voice is amazing, and I would love to see him in concert. Absolutely. Um, okay. So do do you um watch or follow any sports other than soccer? Uh. Not like religiously. I like watching all sports, but I don't have like I love watching NBA. Um, favorite team. Favorite team. That's. Yeah. I was just gonna say I don't have a favorite team. Like I like watching NBA. I like watching NFL. I like watching. Ba- Actually, baseball's a new one that I've been into lately. I like. I like watching college because a lot of my friends play on the baseball team, but I've never been super big into MLB. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't have a favorite team. I guess Seahawks for NFL because Seattle. Yeah. And then. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of root for anybody. I like rooting for the underdog. Smart. I think Fair that's enough. fun. Like that. Fair enough. Any fun facts? Ooh, I can say my ABCs backwards. Ooh, could you do it? Yeah. Okay. Pressure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually want to hear this. No, I can do it. No pressure. Okay, I'm gonna kind of sing it. So sorry in advance for how <laughs> off tune this will be. Z Y X W V U T S R Q P O N M L K J I H G F E D C B A. Yeah, I, that's really. Thank impressive, you, thank actually. you. I sat by the alphabet chart in fourth grade and memorized <laughs> it instead of doing school. There you go. I feel like that's like my most fun fact, though. How much time of preparation did that take? Oh, a long time. Like I think it took me like half the school year. I would literally walk in and I'd stare at the alphabet chart and I'd be like, Z Y, Z Y. Like, sorry for people who can't see me. I would look at the chart and then I'd close my eyes and repeat everything. And then each day I would add two or three more letters until I had the whole alphabet down. That's a lot of dedication. Yeah, <laughs> I was committed. So you would you say you're a committed person? Yeah, I would say I committed. I probably started with the ABCs. Awesome. Um, well, I'm just curious because we were talking about Squid Games. We are talking about other shows. There was just like movies about Harry Potter. Have you seen Twilight? Yes. Okay. You yeah. know, you, I think you know what's coming next, right? I, I don't know. It's Team Edward or Team Jacob? Team Jacob all the way. <laughs> this is so this was a hot debate in my house because I have two older sisters. Um. But my middle sister, she's four years older than me. She was team like obsessed with Team Edward, thought he was God's gift to this earth, like <laughs> obsessed. And I was so hardcore Team Jacob. So we'd get in literal fights and be like, Edward's not cute. Jacob's not cute. And we'd be like, Team Jacob, Team Edward. And so it was like a very hot point of contention in our household for a couple of years. What, what's your take, Jillian? Well, honestly, it's tough because it kind of it kind of flip flops. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. And I'm going to ask you, Bobby, because I know you haven't seen the movies yet. I, so that's I, I, I don't know who to choose. That's I'm trying to get some opinions here okay. so I know. Um, I, I, I would say it's what you're going for. Because honestly, like I feel like when I was younger, I'd probably go Team Edward because I'm just romantic at heart or whatever. The hopeless romantic at okay. heart. So, okay. you know, going for that. But, yeah. then, but then as like I get older, I'm like, you know, Jacob did have a point. He did. He did have a point. And then after a while, I'm like, you know what? Screw them. Team Bella all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Julian's coming with the heat. Oh, absolutely. No, but I would say right now Team Jacob is where I'm, if I had to choose between the two. Yeah, I feel like you add more layers to it when you start considering their character and their actions. Because Jacob is super annoying in some of the movies. <laughs> but also Edward sucks in some of them. 
He's yeah. also 100 years old, too. Yeah, exactly. doesn't help. He's also ancient, which, why, if you're ancient, like, why are you hanging out in high school? That's my question. Like, why didn't we go for a different kind of creepy, demographic? Right? Like, the more you think about it, then it's like, ooh, I don't know I about that. I guess I'm Jacob now, then. <laughs> Jordan, you mentioned you have siblings. Did any of them play collegiate sports? No. Okay. They did it. So, so you're the favorite child. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're, um, oh, gosh, really quick family history. So they're my stepsisters. My parents got divorced when I was four. Both of them remarried when I was, like, five or six. Um, and they're both on my mom's side, so I'm an only child on my dad's side. On my mom's side, I have two sisters. One is 26. She'll be 27 in January. And then one is just turned 29 or 30. Not sure which one. Um, they played a little bit of soccer growing up, but, and I think they ran track in like middle school and elementary school, but I think everyone does. I don't know. Um, but they didn't play any sports. So I was the big, big sports person in my family. I think I'm actually the only person in my family that played college sports. I think. What was that dynamic like then you being the only athlete in the family? Um, it was fun. I mean, it was different because, we didn't really I was kind of like the blueprint to go off of I feel like a lot of like a lot of people on my team like their siblings played so their parents were like oh this is how we do it like this is what to expect and for me all of us were like we have no idea what's going on we don't know what you're doing you're the pioneer yeah I was, exactly I was the pioneer yeah. in my family for this um so it was fun um it was like definitely did a lot of things on my own I like I get kind of jealous of my friends who are like oh I get to train with my siblings but um, it's also good because I think if I had trained with my siblings, I probably would have killed one of them because I am so competitive. <laughs> so it was like a blessing in disguise that we didn't all play sports together. Um, but yeah, no, it was super fun and they're super supportive, which is awesome. And it's also selfishly really nice that my parents don't have to like pick which kid they want to go watch play. It's, right. they can always make it to my games. <laughs> and it's, it's good. Uh, for example, I can, and I, this is a random thought that just came up, but the Ball brothers, they play on different NBA yeah. teams. And I was watching like some interviews with the with their parents and they're like, It's so weird watching their games because all our lives they've been playing together mm -hmm. and we've rooted for the same team. But now they're on different opposing teams. And this is goes for the Curries as well. Yeah. They're on opposing teams now and they're like, Shoot, what team do we vote <laughs> for? Like, yeah, go Steph. Yeah, go Seth. Yeah. Or like, yeah, go Lonzo. Oh, yeah, go LaMelo, you know? and it's, You see parents point out the half jerseys. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, they put up the half jerseys and they like switch jerseys, alternate jerseys as well. So it's good. There's like no like conflict. Yeah, there's there's no civil, sibling, civil, there's no sibling rivalry in the oh. sports department. And then finally, you mentioned that you're a super competitive person. Yeah. And you mentioned that earlier, like for like team competitions. Mm -hmm. um, and... I wanted to get a lot of insights on what that looks like. Like, what did uh, team competitions look like? And, like, if you could potentially give us an example of how you get, like, super riled. Oh, man. Okay. So, team competition, I mean, literally everything on our team, even if it's for fun, is a competition. Like, we're all just wired to have to win everything. It's right. really, it's awesome, but also is very problematic sometimes. Um so like a simple thing would be like we're playing 5v5 and we keep track of wins, losses, ties, goal scored and block shots at practice. And you get like a tally at the end of every practice, which adds an extra level of competitiveness. <laughs> I'm a big score arguer. So like if Bobby says that he has three goals, I'm like, no, you don't. You have two. And he's like, no, I have three. I'm like, no, you don't. I counted your I'm like, I counted your goals. I know I have more than you. And I know you don't have that many goals. And we'll just like go back and forth and back and forth until finally the coaches are like, all right, rock it. Like rock, paper, scissors, someone's off. Or they're like, okay, Bobby, you're on. Jordan, your team's off. 
Um, so yeah, it's, that was a pretty civil reenactment of how it is, but yeah. Yeah. And as an athlete myself, I play basketball sometimes and I'm exactly like you in basketball. Like if, you know, if my team's not winning or if I'm doing bad or if I'm playing even a competition, like one-on-one with somebody, you know, I'm exactly, I'm the same way. I'm like, what's the score? Like seven, four. I'm like four. You guys have four. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. It's like, what do you, how much do you, how many uh, how many points do you have how many points do you have like especially you know, pick up oh yeah. yeah exactly a big one too is we're like before every drill we're like count your score out loud yeah it's so yeah. like if you don't hear like if you score a goal and i don't hear you yell one and then you come at the end of the game and you're like one i'm like you didn't say that out loud like you don't have any points <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome competition can bring the best and the worst of oh us. yeah oh yeah um, and so a uh, final question, um, do you have any plans after graduation? Maybe are you going to stay in Sumner? Maybe do you want to travel? Like do you sort of have anything lined up? Um, I have hopes of what I want to do. Um, my goal is to play abroad or play in the States after um, I actually got into law school. Well, because I didn't know we were like getting a COVID year. So I applied to law school and then found out we were getting a COVID year. So I deferred. So I technically start law school in September. Um I have no idea what that will look like depending on how playing goes and if I get the opportunity to play either in Europe or somewhere like that or if I get to play here. Um, so depending on that, then law school, but law school is definitely somewhere in the future. I'm just not totally sure where that lands. But as of right now, I'm going home for Christmas break and going to figure it out from there. I have two questions. One, why a lawyer? And second, where would you want to optimally play in Europe? Ooh, okay. Why lawyer? My mom is a vulnerable adult abuse and elder law lawyer, and she's also a registered nurse. So she does a lot of um, law with exactly like, like a lot of elder law. So if um, someone's grandma is being taken advantage of by their sibling or whatnot, she investigates that. Um, she makes sure that people with disabilities have the access to money and healthcare and services that they need. And then the law, the nursing side of what she does is she goes into a lot of adult family homes um, and stuff like that and make sure that the nurses are taking adequate care and keeping track of what they need to be doing for their clients. Um, so watching her do that was really cool. And it was really fun to see the difference that she made. And I really like that idea. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I, my mom is a big reason if I want to do law. And then ideally, I would love to play. Okay, I know Australia is not in Europe, but I would love to play in Australia. Interesting. That would, I was, yeah, that would be like super cool. Any Nordic countries, but Spain would also be sick. So I'm an open book. Do you have any preconceptions of Australia's right now? Koalas. That's yeah. like the only pre. Okay, Koalas. and I've seen some scary videos of spiders. So mm -hmm. and kangaroos. But that's like the only preconception of Australia yeah. I have. I guess Fun the fact. Hemsworths. Fun fact, I've been to Australia once. And um, to be honest with you, there's not a ton of like, you won't see a ton of spiders, really? uh, snakes. Love like that. that's a huge pre uh, misconception that people think about. Okay. I went to Canes in Sydney cool. and I did not see a single spider or snake the whole time. I did see, we went to a zoo. <laughs> I did see a couple of kangaroos and a koala. That's so cool though. Koalas are super soft. They're so cute. Yeah, and they're super cute. I just want to hug them. <laughs> I heard they're also like very vicious if you like mess with, mess with the mothers, but that's, I feel like. yeah. And they're going extinct, sadly. Yeah. So sure. do your part to be better for the environment yes. to all of the listeners. Shout out koalas. Thank you, Jordan. Yes. <laughs> I would say one more fun fact. Uh, not as fun as a uh, fun fact that Nassim had over here, but uh, kangaroos can't jump backwards. No way. Yeah. 
I didn't know that. That's crazy. I'm being serious. You learn something new every yeah. day. Okay, do you ever wonder, like, who was the first person to figure this stuff out? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Who, exactly. who was like, can you jump backwards for me? Like, shower thoughts. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Shower thoughts. That's crazy. Good to know. That's very cool. No, it's a serious fact. I see you, I see you with Inquisitive Eye, Bobby. Looking at, are you sure about that fact? You're just making this. I know. I'm going to go on YouTube and be yeah. like, kangaroos can't, can't jump backwards, question mark. Exactly. That's all. I mean, I did have one more question. I was gonna ask you if you've seen the video where there was a guy like fighting a kangaroo. Like he like went up like the kangaroo what? was like jumping back and forth, <laughs> kind of vicious. And then the guy walks up to the kangaroo, just clocks him in the jaw. Oh my, oh my gosh! No, I haven't seen that. That's terrible. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did the kangaroo jump backwards? Like bouncing back and forth, but I could be wrong. Let me. He was saying. He's probably going side. Let me look up the. Let me look up the video really quick. What is wrong with people? This is so random, but I love it. Well, if I go to Australia, I'll keep an eye out for uh, random people fighting kangaroos and kangaroos. You're the first call I'm making. If I. Find okay. a kangaroo that can jump backwards. <laughs> she wants to prove you wrong. She's like, she's, she, 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 she's, like, she's like, oh, you say, first off, time change a lot, but first off, you're wrong, okay? <laughs> kangaroos can jump backwards. I know this, and I have a scar on my chin to prove yeah. it. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Oh, are we actually watching this? Okay. Let's go. Okay, let's hit. Apologies to the people at home who aren't going to see what we're about to see, but okay, let's see this. <gasps> oh. oh my gosh. Oh, like oh it's by its dog. Like yeah. That's, okay. That's the backstory. So backstory. Yeah, give the people the, the backstory. Kangaroo was like taking its dog or like fighting its dog, and then the owner comes up and then punches a kangaroo to defend the dog. All right, that that changes the story. I thought it was just yeah, this random guy like sees a kangaroo jumping. He's like, let's go. And it startles a kangaroo. Yeah, I mean, I would startle me. The kangaroo was shocked. They're beefy. They are. Yeah. Don't get in a fight with a kangaroo. They're strong, and they have ridiculously strong tails. Yeah, they've. I saw. I saw one up close one time at a zoo, and its pecs were like the size of my thighs. It was huge. I wonder what the workout plan is. I know. What, what can you bench? That's a good question. A ask one. Yeah. And the next guest will be a kangaroo. Yeah, exactly. It's like first, can you jump backwards? You can't. Okay, just making sure. Just making sure. Just making sure. <laughs> Told you so, Jordan. No. <laughs> awesome, guys. But with that, I want to wrap the show up and uh, give a quick shout out to our Instagram and Twitter. Follow us at Zags on Air on both platforms for constant updates, news, events, recaps, previews for Gonzaga Sports and the guests we have on our show, which includes student athletes, coaches, and sports field professionals. Thanks again for joining us, Jordan. Yeah, thank, thank you, you guys so much for having me. This is awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Jordan. Thank you. Of course.